Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Carrie. And I'm Tanya. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee or iced whipped coffee as we have today. Yeah. This is episode number 74. Today we are talking about new routines for new COVID times in the music room. We'll also share some ideas in a segment called Know Better, Do Better. And in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. So we're going to jump right into our main theme today. Because we have so much to talk about. Oh man, we do and we don't because everything's always changing every day. Yes. But uh, we are calling this episode, what are we calling it again? We new are routines. Ta- new routines for new, for new COVID, COVID times. times. So just uh, a recap, we mentioned this in our in our last episode, our particular school district, we are going back Full on in person starting this week after Labor Day. Yep. Now students have a choice. Um, families they can do one hundred percent remote, but that's its own topic. We're gonna yes. talk today about in person. What are we gonna do with those kids? Now again, it depends on the school. Um, some schools were able to have students in our own rooms, and mm-hmm. I think Tanya, both of our schools, we're each at two schools this year. You're in your room at both schools, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. In a music room. I am in a music room right. at both schools. And or other somewhere. teachers might be teaching on a cart going into classrooms, but hopefully some of these ideas you can still apply. Right. But so we wanted to make sure we were very clear that, and there's a lot of excellent information about online teaching, and I know a lot of people are navigating Zoom or Google Meets meetings and pushing out asynchronous lessons and and we will be doing that as well that's another story um but we really wanted to talk about okay we're going in we're gonna be live we have real live children in the room so don your hazmat suit and let's get going yeah So I think we'll start with just talking about kind of our room setup um, in either or both of our classrooms, um, things that we had to do a little differently to prepare ourselves, and then how kids will enter the room, how they'll be in the room, so on and so forth. Yep. So I've now set up both of my classrooms in a very similar fashion, which is basically as much floor space as possible, get everything to the outside walls, store anything that I'm not going to be using in the foreseeable future um, as best as I can. Um, so in, in my main, my, my homeschool, I do have this huge, lovely walk-in closet. So things that I might normally have out that I don't are like my ORF instruments, um, keyboards, anything like that. I am just keeping them all the way for now. I might start to feel comfortable to bring out ORF instruments, and I know there's a lot of people who are doing barred instruments and coming up with ways to cover the bars and spray the mallets and that's all great but I'm just gonna put them away for now yes <laughs> I'm just not gonna I mean I typically don't get ORF instruments out for the first couple of weeks no. anyways nor do I so they're away for right now and then as far as my classroom setup normally I kind of I have a very long skinny room and so normally in my room I have an area of sit spots up front facing the smart board 
card. That's kind of our learning zone, sitting in rows. And then I have another set of sit spots in the back half of the room that's in, like, a, uh, it's an oval, technically, just mm-hmm. because of the shape of the room. And that's where we do singing games. Mm-hmm. So the oval is not there. The circle is not there. And I've used the entire length of the room to put down my sit spots and spread kids out as best as I can. At my home school, I'm probably about four feet between each dot. Um, at my second school, we're a little smaller, so I'm right about three feet. And everyone's going to be sitting in lines, facing forward, wearing masks at all times. That's a non-negotiable. But um, sitting in rows, facing forward. Yep. Are you in a similar setup? Yes. So um, at my home school, I have Velcro dots on the floor. I ditched my uh, floor staff. Yeah. Um, and most of my... My storage consists of two walls that are full of cabinets. So some things fit and some things don't. So I've got like keyboards stacked on top of cabinets and they're within the fire code. Uh, but I have a lot of ORF instruments that are on wheels, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah, that's awesome. So I have them still lining the back wall. Um, and I thought about putting them in another room. But I, I... I need to be realistic about, okay, we are going to use them at some point, and I don't, I want to make sure that there's room for them. I don't want to rearrange my spots for when they come back. Right. So anyway, yes, so I have about three feet in between each Velcro dot, and I set it up for 25 students. Mm -hmm. I think the most kids I have is uh, 21. Well, I mean, it was at last count. I'm anticipating any minute more kids um enrolling uh you never know so i'm just ready for that uh i wish they could be further apart i i spaced it as much my, my, my poor piano is like almost like totally up against the wall yeah, it's yeah. i'm just gonna have to like shimmy in there if yeah. i ever play for you know um so the other room is called the mart room because it's the music and art and I don't know how PE gets in there but anyway so the the Mart room at the other school uh, is there because uh, at the second school unlike last year where I was the music teacher at both schools this year I am not at my little mountain school anymore and I am now a second music teacher at the second school right so when I'm teaching music so is the music teacher yeah who who belongs to that school so that's why we have this extra room, and it's going to be used for art and music and some PE, although our PE teacher is wanting to go outside quite a lot, and who can blame her? Sure. Um, of course, it's supposed to snow the very first day of school. That is a fun Which little, is just great. Yeah, little that's twist. That's how it goes. Let's um, also make it snow. Let's make it. Today is so very hot, and now it's going to snow on Yay, Tuesday. Colorado. This is what Colorado does. Um, <laughs> so anyway... I have not had a lot of time at the other school, and that's okay, because my husband, Craig, the art teacher, he's there for two weeks. So he's at the other school for two weeks straight, so it's set up to be an art room. Yeah. And then when I come in, I'll rejuge, and it'll be a music room. So are you going to, like, take tables and push them against the wall? You know what? I might very well have them sit at those tables tables. initially, because I'm going to be, as we talked, I'm going to be using tech. Yeah. And we might as well. Oh, yeah. um, it's not a carpeted floor. It's like a hard, what do you call, cold, hard. Um, like tile? Is it tile? Yeah, I guess it's tile. <laughs> I, I think of tile as like, you know, big pieces, but it's oh, just like. Kitchen tile. Like, like, like big I don't old know what you call that. white 
school tile. School, like cafeteria floor tile. Exactly. Cafeteria floor tile. With, <laughs> with X's. Hard taped surface. X's. Okay. Uh, yeah, a hard surface. Yeah, they don't want to sit on the floor. That's not fun. Yeah, so I think I'll probably, you know, I, the singing games are going to be limited. Whenever I hear singing game, I think, in a circle, hands clasped, and we're not doing that. So they might as well sit at desks. Right, yeah. right. We'll, so we'll get to that in a little bit. I haven't, you know, I have a couple of weeks before I really have to figure out go there. And I'm learning good. that um, to think in smaller chunks as yes. far as, like, planning ahead. And I would love to just plan the whole year, but I am stopping myself because I'll just get frustrated. Who knows what's going to happen? Totally. So that is my room. I also have two places for hand sanitizer. Uh-huh. Which um, I'm actually thinking maybe I should have three places for hand sanitizer. Okay. Um, just like hand sanitizer stations. Okay. For kids to pump because, um, well, we could go into the instrument part there. I am planning on using small percussion instruments. Mm-hmm. And for years I've collected, I'm a big fan of everybody's playing the triangle right now. Yeah. Right? Not like you're on triangle, you're on woodblock. So occasionally we do that. Yeah. But if you don't have enough of a certain instrument. Yeah. But I've been working on collecting enough of a certain instrument. Class set of triangles, we go. Um, and so my procedure that I'll talk about the first day of school with everybody is. If we play a small percussion instrument, or if we play a larger instrument, we sanitize, we get the instrument, we play the instrument, we put the instrument back, we sanitize. So let me ask you this, because I know they have to sanitize when they enter the room. Yes. I mean, that's just part of the protocol, school-wide, district-wide. Anytime they enter or exit a a learning area or cafeteria, whatever, Mm -hmm. they have to sanitize. So you're saying that you're going to have them sanitize again before they touch the instrument, even if they've already sanitized? Yep. Because have you seen what a seven-year-old does with his <laughs> okay. hands? I'm just clarifying. I just you think that there will be some touching of the face, touching of the who oh knows no, where. no, <laughs> who would do that? Just for that extra layer of comfort before you have them share it. Yeah, for me and them and everybody. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Are they giving you enough sanitizer, or are oh, you yeah. providing your own? Oh no, because I only got one bottle. But maybe if I oh, I asked second. for a second bottle. Well, that's a good idea. I didn't so even think to ask. I wanted the two bottles and the two stations so that we didn't have like a bottleneck. Sure. Going on like a bunch of kids like. You're not supposed to have a bunch of kids gathered around one area. Right. So I'm still working out the protocol. Like, I know where they're going to sanitize. I know when they're going to sanitize. But I might do a thing where, I don't know, I'll call the red dots if you, I don't know. Red dots go, put your, I I I still have to work this part out. Right, right. On how we don't all gather all at once. Yeah. Well, that's a good tip right there. I know everyone's kind of all the rage with the sit spots if you weren't already all the rage with the sit spots get different colors for different oh yeah so that way you can easily i only have uh purple and green but i also have very small glasses so i have the rainbow yeah if i uh if i alternate you know purple and green which is what i would do anyways you know like when they would get up to go get instruments or ipads or pencils or whatever in the Mm -hmm. past you know so you don't have them but if i have five red dots i don't want five kids so i'll have to i'll just you know i'll figure it out i'm like if you're I don't know. If you're wearing red and you're on a red dot, go to sanitation station too. If you're wearing blue, it, I don't know that, that. I could just see that being a thing. Like, I'm wearing red and blue. What do I do? I, yeah, you know. 
Yeah, I'm planning on kind of a similar thing, and then I'm I just on my shopping list just to to get a laundry basket that's specific for for that school for the instruments for the day, mm-hmm. um, and then you know not planning on playing the same instrument the same day with multiple exactly classes. I was going to mention so, that yeah. yeah in my school we have a lot of mixed grade classes because we have such a small amount of students attending in person which is really interesting on itself but um <laughs> so we have like a k1 class we have a two three class we have a four or five class and then we have a sixth grade class so like k1s will play egg shakers on that particular day and then two three they might be playing hand drums or whatever and mm-hmm. then making sure that whatever instruments are played that day instead of going back in the bucket like they normally would will go in the basket and if i have time to sanitize i have 10 minute class you know time between classes which was the minimum yeah you know that we should have been given for for passing periods Thank, or whatever. Thankful for that. Yeah. yeah. But even if I don't have time to sanitize between classes, that's okay. Because mm-hmm. they're not going to use the same instruments in that particular day. Right. And I was thinking of the, I mean, that's my plan as well. It's like if kindergartners are using jingles, mm-hmm. only kindergartners are using jingles today. Yeah. Right. Um, and then most of the small percussion instruments, I'm, feel good about spraying and leaving like you're supposed to spray with this heavy duty disinfectant spray that they've given us and then you're not supposed to wipe it off you're supposed to let it sit and it takes about 10 minutes so um if you really needed to i'm still going with this plan of kindergartners and the only ones playing jingles today and then maybe tomorrow first graders play them but if you for some reason needed to you could spray them let them sit for the next class period yeah and then um have the you know, class period after that, use them. I was thinking of having kids park them along the wall. So that's one way to avoid gathering kids, like, for putting away instruments. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was thinking I would probably end up doing a lot of walking around with the basket. They drop it in as I walk by them kind of thing. That's a good idea, too. Which is, you know, not normally. I normally am very big about having kids be responsible for getting things out and putting things away and that being part of their routine from when mm-hmm. they're little. But, you know, we just, they need to be stationary for so much of class, unfortunately. Yeah. Or maybe, like, put on some music that they're doing, like, a dance that they know, like, in their spot. And while they're doing that, I'm walking around and Right. You could stuff. get very Pavlovian in it. And, like, here's the... Here's the dance in your spot while I collect all the instruments music. Totally. Um, Let's talk about manipulatives, too, then. Oh, let's not. So, (laughs) um, you know, a lot of talk is going around about creating individual music bags. And a lot of people, and I had originally thought I might do this, too, have have been making homemade egg shakers and putting in dowel rods for rhythm sticks and all these different, like, homemade things using... um, pool noodles to make sand blocks and that's great I'm not gonna knock it if you're doing it but I've kind of gone on the route of well if we're able to sanitize between classes why not use the real instruments like I'm okay with that um so I've decided to make um, individual bags for my students, but they're just for manipulatives. And that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. And I've had time to work on it, and I have some amazing paraprofessionals in my school who've had some time to help me, and they're not done yet, and that's fine because I'm not planning on using, you know, manipulatives that support music literacy the first couple weeks anyways. Right. Because the first couple weeks are all about building community and mm-hmm. just creating a fun space, and we probably won't get to the manipulatives till towards the end of September into October anyways. Right. But real quick, I can share what I put in them if you're Please, interested. Please, yes. 
So um, I have a, uh, a set for kindergartners and first graders. So that to me is kind of pre-literacy moving into literacy, right? Right. And then a different set for second grade through, in my world, sixth grade. So in the K-1 bags, I'm creating like their own individual whiteboard by taking a piece of paper. On one side of the paper is a two-line staff, mm-hmm. and on the other side of the paper is four heartbeats. Yeah. And then putting that in a page protector, and they can use, you know, dry erase markers or other other types of manipulatives to create rhythms and mm-hmm. do melodies, high, low, or so me, depending mm-hmm. on what, and la for, for first grade if we get there, but man. You could stick a dry erase, oh, well, you're, you're going to get there. Yeah, yes, so sorry. I'm going to put a dry erase marker in there and then something to use as an eraser. I'm either going to cut up little pieces of felt or I've seen those like makeup, they're not sponges, they're like almost like the poofs that you used to like put on powder, Oh, right? Yeah, I've yeah. seen people use those for erasers. I'm going to find a cheap thing for an eraser. But then I'm also giving them a little individual snack baggie. And inside of that are going to be four jumbo popsicle sticks and 12 mini popsicle sticks. Right. So we can use those to create long and short short mm-hmm. and then ta and tt and even rest later yeah. on if we get there. And then I was also going to give them pipe cleaners just to do vocal exploration and who knows what else with. Yeah. So that's the K1 bags. And then three, five, they're going to have a whiteboard piece of paper, double-sided, and a sheet protector, five-line staff on one side, and I was going to do eight just boxes for mm-hmm. eight-beat rhythms. Yeah. Um, they're going to have a white uh, dry erase marker as well, as um, along with an eraser, and then what I gave them was a little baggie of, like, the little round bingo chips right. for their note heads. Um, so they have a little snack size baggie with that. And then I am thinking, just for the, the older students, I am going to give them some pre-cut dowel rods as um, drumsticks and rhythm sticks, just because I feel like out of everything, we're going to use those the most mm-hmm. for different activities. I have, like, stools in my room that I, from Ikea, those $5 stools that I use when we usually do drumming or guitar, and I'm thinking we can use those as, like, a drum in itself, Yeah, you know, so I can wipe off the stool, but at least the sticks are theirs. Right. And we're going to do lots of different things with with sticks in, in my mind. So I did go ahead and buy the dowels, but you could certainly use pencils if you wanted to do mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, well. and there's been a lot of talk about, um, I, I read too much Facebook uh, of all the music ed things. Um, some people were saying that classroom teachers dislike music teachers using pencils because it kind of trains them, trains the kids to use them oh. in a percussive way. You know, and I, I've had teachers get mad even when I'm doing, not get mad, but kind of be like, oh, Annoyed. thanks, when yeah. they're doing like body percussion because they go back to class oh, and they're yeah. doing that too. Yeah, it's too like, bad. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you kind of have to just like. I'm, I'm anticipating that and that's just too bad. Yeah, um, that's the way that it is. But, and we've had this conversation about, and I saw it today in Facebook and um, it keeps coming up with the chopsticks. Please go educate yourself on why chopsticks are not appropriate to use. Um, and I say this as someone who has used chopsticks. Yeah. I know better, do better. Done that, and we're not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, even if it's cheap, it, that doesn't rule. That doesn't mean it doesn't justify cultural appropriation of somebody's eating utensils. So, right. um, yeah, I am not putting together any of those bags at this point that's okay i'm still working through it um yeah well and you already mentioned it but both you and i said that i mean this is the first time i'm going to be telling my students even kindergarten tech every day bring your tech every day um in my case it's it's ipads with kindergarten and first grade and 
uh, Chromebooks. And that is one of the big reasons why I felt like, you know, it's okay to not have the manipulatives. And I'm kind of holding out on spending any money from my school budget until I see how the year goes. I'm I'm nervous about that. And I have spent a lot of my very own money, and I'm trying hard not to do it. And I have many more students because I've got the two – well, I mean, you have two schools as well, but – Well, that's the thing. I will say that at my my home school, which is Title I, so I get lots of extra money in my budget. I have a sizable budget, so I can easily afford the stuff for these kids. And I only have a little over 100 in-person kids at that school because we have so many remote learners, and I'm not giving the remote learners kids. I thought about it because, you know, the art teachers were sending home kids to the remote learners of arts Supplies oh, and well, man. again, we have a very we get extra money that goes towards this kind of stuff. Well, that's that's good. Yeah, it's compensating for the fact that families are not able to supply their own supplies the way they can in other populations as well. So, anyways, the point being, I am able to create these kits because I have not that many students in that school, and because I had plenty of money in my budget to do it. I do hope to make kits for my second school, but I haven't committed to that yet either. Right. Um, and, you know, I went back and forth, too, because it's like, yeah, there's so much we can do with the tech on Seesaw and with yeah. Google Slides. There's lots of ways we can create those manipulatives digitally. But, of course, we know tactile things are still important for our students. Yes. So. You know, if you have the means, great. But if you don't, don't make yourself feel guilty. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. And, and I wanted to speak a little bit about egg, egg shakers. Um, I I personally have, like, percussion egg shakers, a really nice supply. I think I've got, like, 40 of them. Yeah. And I think those are very, because they're plastic, they're very easy to clean. So I'm not going to be making egg shakers because right. it seems like a lot of work. But I've heard people talk about different things to put in the egg shakers. And then it came up on one of the Facebook groups, um, you know, please don't put popcorn kernels or any kind of rice or food item in the shakers because we want to be sensitive to our um, students who might not get enough to eat and I hadn't thought about that but then I thought about several years ago I read a story about a teacher um, who I want to say was in Zimbabwe um, teaching students and she was trying to do a paper mache product uh, project um, and she was really excited about it. It was going to go really well. And she noticed the kids had flour all over their face because they were eating, they were eating the it. flour. Wow. So it might be a little insensitive to, like, put popcorn kernels in or rice in a, in a shaker. So I don't know. Just something Are to think about. Are the kids going to know that? Are the kids going to know that? That's a good question. I mean, yeah, and I don't know. Would you have to worry about allergies? I don't know. I guess you can just use little plastic beads and... Yeah, you know what I've done? I've used gravel. I have literally gone (laughs) out to the playground and used little, you know, pea gravel. Oh, yeah, like the playground gravel. Yeah, because I've done some things with Tamper, and there have been times where I'm like, oh, no, looks like I didn't fill an egg shaker. I didn't feel like an egg. Yeah. And I just go and, yeah, go to the playground and use little pea gravel. Interesting. I didn't pay for it, so, you know. (laughs) That's okay. Interesting. Um, but just, you know, something to think about. Uh, I also, I don't know how people glue those things shut oh, and have I know. it stay. I mean, I've made some, you know, for this early childhood music program, you mm-hmm. know, we used to teach at. And 
I, I didn't realize that so many of the egg shakers, too, have little holes on the bottom of them, like on the ends, so even rice would come out of those little holes. Oh. So I was having to, like, glue, and then I would wrap with washi tape, and then I would have to stick a random chunk of washi tape on the one end because the rice would come out. I'm like, this And the is... washi tape doesn't stick no. very well. And then the kids peel it off anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're make if you have a wonderful... I want to say recipe. If you have a wonderful plan for your egg shakers, you know, mm-hmm. more power to you. But I was like, eh. And I, I had had an idea. I even presented on it this summer of taking just a jingle bell and hot gluing it to a jumbo popsicle stick. And you've got a little jingle stick. Yeah. Um, that's not bad. And it's cheap. And it was easy to do. But I'm also anticipating kids are going to pluck those uh, things yeah. right off. I'm thinking so. of some, some kiddos who'd be like, challenge accepted. Yeah. I'm going to bite this. Jingle but again, off. I mean, yeah. I have, like, like what you're saying, I have a classroom set of jingle bells, and they all have plastic handles. They're not even, like, yeah. those cloth ones. Like, they're plastic. Oh, no, so mine are plastic, too. I feel totally fine about spreading them all out and spraying them down, you know? And it's like, why bother making the individual ones when we have the real ones, if if you are allowed? Your school's protocols allow you to right. do that. Well, speaking of sanitization, I had a question that I, I'm springing on you. We hadn't talked about this. Uh-oh. Do you, Is it necessary to cover the bars of... Or if instruments. We've, we've talked about this We've a talked about bit it a little bit. Mic. I mean, I think that the, the worry, should, it seems like the concern would be mostly around the mallet yeah, handles, I've, right? Yeah, I've been seeing lots of people doing all this great stuff about covering those, and I'm kind of thinking, why? I mean, because they're not touching the bars. Maybe because you're afraid that they will touch the bars. Maybe like that, I don't like know. kids that they just well maybe if, well but if you're taking bars off and on you should you would have, have that to plastic that anyway like ahead of time you do that ahead of time yeah I mean in my mind if I'm gonna do barred instruments I don't plan on covering the bars but I plan on making sure that those mallets oh, yeah. get sanitized in fact I was thinking of putting the mallets like like we do with the recorders like yeah. putting the mallet handles in a um, small bucket of like solution right and letting right. it sit yeah let maybe. them sit for a while Why so not? you know we will not be offended at all if anybody wants to email us or and maybe it's tell us on facebook because about... they're breathing down and then the aerosols are on i mean i get it i understand being cautious but that's why that's what led me to the decision of my orf instruments are put away and i'm just not messing with them right now yeah and then i did put a thing on the insta on instagram about shower caps on drums and people are like going people nuts. love your uh, shower caps on drums <laughs> i mean to me it was such a silly thing and i i think i saw it from another coda educator lisa Similink. i think put it on her page and that's where i saw it so credit to lisa because i think that's where i saw it and i've seen it other places i, I didn't come up with but this. yours are clear because when you first told me about it before you posted it <laughs> You're picturing i'm the picturing like ones. the flowery and the light <laughs> blue and like well originally and i've said this on the, the page too my original thought was i was creating these individual music kits so i thought okay great for my for my older students especially who i plan on using the two bonos and djembe's with a lot more i'm going to give them their own shower cap that then they just take it out of their bag they slip it over the drum and then when they're done they slip it off that's a good idea but then i realized these ones that i bought are so cheap and i mean because it was like a hundred pack for like six bucks they're so cheap that they rip 
very easily. Like, even me taking my time and going slowly, putting it over the drum, I ripped, like, three So have you tried an old-school I haven't. They're still on there. I figured they're there. I'm not messing with it. But they don't fit around the biggest Tuvanos anyways, so I still have to figure something out. And I've heard the press and seal leaves a residue. Yes, And I am not doing that. No, I don't want to mess with that. You know, and I know there's a lot of people who say, well, these drums, they have synthetic heads, and they're meant to be cleaned. They're okay. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, if I was using um, a wipe, like a Lysol wipe or Clorox wipe or whatever, I would feel fine yeah, I down. wonder what it's like. Maybe we need to call someone to, at West Music and Well, ask. somebody did chime in from West Music and oh, say it is okay. fine. Um, but what I worry about is this spray, this waxy 730 spray that they're giving us. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's pretty potent, and I don't know if that's been tested on the drums necessarily. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about your school, but we're a little low on wipes. Like um, The world is a little low exactly. on wipes. Exactly. So they're telling us to use the spray as much as possible rather than wipes. And I'm thinking, well, I can spray down those shower caps on the drums and mm-hmm. then not worry about it. So that's where I'm at with the with the shower caps. <laughs> I haven't I haven't To be continued. The shower caps saga continues. Yeah. But it just looks hilarious. I mean, it cracks me up every time I walk in my room and I see these shower caps on these drums. It just Maybe I'll, gets I, me I, I use shower caps. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I'll bring in a Take couple and see how it goes. My thought was, I'm assigning kids a specific drum. You get that drum all week long. Only fifth grade, for example, is playing the drums. Yeah. You are on this Tabano all how week long. How do you know? Are they numbered? Are your drums numbered? No, they are not numbered right now. How are you going to know? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write it down in my idokio. No, but how, how will the kids know which kid is playing which drum? Well, I mean, when they first come in and I put them in places right with their drum yeah then I can make a note of that or even take a picture and then you'll use drums with all kids all day no no I'll use drums with one grade but then if you move okay I'm just sorry I'm trying to understand. no please if you move the drums out of the way for your next class how do you know the next day that you're putting the drums back where they were well I was thinking about that I was thinking of having four different areas for kids to move their own drum okay right so they would and calling them was. by their specific like if you have a tubano that's a rainbow tubano now you go put your drum in x okay. corner if you have a drum that is a um orange and brown Right. Design now you go, and so I th- would leave it up to the kids to remember. Could you get little laminated numbers? And you know, you could, and I thought about that. And this is what I, I'm going to do with my ukuleles. As I was right. thinking, Craig, my my husband, he is gr- good at um, etching and burning numbers and oh, the, like yeah. recorders. We've done that in the past. Yeah. Um. So I'm trying to think of if you've got recorder. Oh, uh, sorry, ukulele. No recorders. If you've got ukulele, um recommendations for numbers please lay, lay it on me because I have not numbered I'm I'm thinking of like you know a sticker mo, not modge podge maybe modge podge but like, like packing tape kind of around I don't it, know like, I don't know I don't want to damage the instrument so and that's the thing with the drums too it's like yeah, they're so pretty I mean if I do if I start with fifth grade and I'm like you have to be responsible like I'll take a picture right now right but it's up to you to remember which drum you, yeah. you have. I don't know. I, I'm working through it. We're not starting drums in the next right. two weeks. Exactly. I'm not so, doing any of that. Right and these away. are the things that you don't know until you do it. Right. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. And you realize that was not worth it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the big question. To sing 
or not to say? <laughs> that is the question. Um, you know, it's interesting because there's all these studies. I mean, specifically the one from, you know, and there's shout two. out to Colorado. Colorado, CU, CU and, and CSU did studies. And Art District really has some people who have been following those religiously. I downloaded the report. Yeah. I mean, I, I've looked at them. but And I, I, I watched a little bit of the webinar. Right. Not the whole, it's a. It's, it's a big thing. And it's a lot about marching band instruments. Right. Right. And, like and I get that. That's a yeah, huge that's thing. Big. And then when I hear people talking about singing, I really feel like what we're really talking about is choral singing, like going into a rehearsal mm-hmm. room and singing, like truly singing mm-hmm. for like the whole time. And that's not to dismiss the spraying of aerosols that happen from any singing. It's major. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, really what our district is saying Are is... Are you going to read it verbatim? Okay. Okay, this, I can read it verbatim. You do it. Okay. <laughs> this is what is coming out from our district. Verbatim. This is on our music, um, district music webpage. It is recommended that music classrooms only sing slash play for up to 30 minutes. After this 30 minutes, the classroom should be cleared for at least one air exchange cycle. The average air exchange cycle in Jeffco Music... Oh, I'm sorry. In, in, in our district's district. music room <laughs> is 7 to 10 times per hour. The average air change cycle in music rooms... So that's our HVAC system. 7 to time, 10 times per hour. Right. Okay. So, so when using a music classroom... Consider using the last 30 minutes of class for playing and singing so the room is cleared. And it's the last 30 minutes so that you don't have students come in, spray their singing aerosols all over, and then sit in them. Right? right. That's the idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then what I, the takeaway is 10 minutes of clearing the room, meaning nobody, of course, but us, because, you know. Right. But the music teacher is right. in the room. So it's like, okay, it's a 40-minute class. Right. I have 50-minute class. Oh, yeah. So school. you just have to have like a little timer go off. And it's like, it's time to sing, everybody. Well, here's what I'm planning on, at least for the first um, couple weeks, months, if the weather is nice, basically, is um, 30 minutes in my room. And then we go outside for the last... Like, there'll be a five-minute amount of time just to get to where we're going, and Mm -hmm. then we play some singing games outside Yes, for the last chunk of that time. Yes. What I'm trying to work out is the technicalities, because if I'm asking them to bring their technology with them, are they then also bringing it outside? So then as soon as we're done being outside, I can go, like, line them up outside of their And how many times are we allowed to move locations is the other thing. Well, you can go outside. Okay. I don't think there's an issue with outside. It's being encouraged. Be in the hallway. Oh, well, this is true, because one of my schools, I'm an interior door, so I don't have an outside classroom door. Yeah, I, I'm but... an interior, but I'm very close to the outside door. Yeah, me too. I haven't heard any, I guess I'll double check that, but I haven't heard any issues with that. Yeah, I'm just trying to play devil's yeah, advocate. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. But yeah. no, that's that's my plan at this time. And then, honestly, even within that, you know, 30 minutes of being in the room, I'm still not planning just a whole lot of singing. Maybe yes. a couple echo songs and couple things just because of the simple fact that it's uncomfortable to sing with a mask on it really and kids is. aren't gonna enjoy doing it yeah up until about i don't know um a day ago i was thinking i shouldn't be singing at all and the kids yeah. shouldn't be singing at all at one point i thought well how about the kids don't sing but i sing but how can i do that like 
that it's so hard when you have your whole career you work on getting vocal independence from kids yes and it's always like sing for the children not with the children and now it's just sing for the children over and and over and and, be silent yes and i i can't i can't say i can't model something and then tell them not to do it so i've come down on i think 15 to 20 minutes of singing will be happening Mm -hmm. and possibly outside depending see the the problem with outside is that once you're outside you you know you're not using tech you're not showing visuals for the most part right that's why it's just going to be playtime and that's tricky um and even though it's organized play and we'll talk about this very soon um we're not doing the traditional what most of my singing games are which is like we're not touching right we're not in a circle like that being in a circle thing is very very tricky i mean i was thinking oh drum circle no i can't do a drum circle oh well we'll do a you know whatever um passing rhythm passing melody right no it can't be in a circle so yeah so thinking through all those yeah yeah. Is a little challenging. But, I mean, the the good news is, as far as our district is concerned, is that they are not taking a no singing stance. Like, we can sing, but we as the educators have to be mindful of how long we've been in the room, how much singing we're doing, and allowing the room to, to cycle its air, to clear its air. And and no belting show tunes. Right. <laughs> and no recorders. That's definitely a no-no. Recorders no, are like, That's fine by me. Big, I mean, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm like take it or leave it with the recorders I don't hate them but I also don't love them so I'm just like that's fine and I usually typically wouldn't even play recorders till the spring yeah anyways. I don't usually play in the, till the spring so anyway. I'm like cool we can leave that one out <laughs> so we thought it might be helpful just to get our own wheels turning on this to mm-hmm. talk about a couple examples of some singing games we might do especially at the beginning of the year but anytime really um and how we're modifying that yes. for the covid times so we each picked one primary and one like intermediate yeah. older yep song and and in parentheses game yeah and how we plan to modify that right okay so you want to do primary primary older older let's do it okay you want to go first um, yeah, and okay, I, I haven't even talked to you about this. I, it's only happened in my own head, so if your, eyes, if your eyes get big, then maybe we'll just cut it out of the podcast. Okay. Um, so, uh, I really like to do some kind of name thing. Students need to have their name known. Like, you need to say the students' names. Yes. They need to know that you know their names and that, you know, yeah, name, name games are good things. So there's one that I don't have a good source for that I actually got from Diane Thinkerfuse in our district. Mm-hmm. And it's a little song that goes, there's someone standing on a high, high hill who always echoes me. I think we've talked about this one before. Yeah. There's someone Maybe. standing on a high, high hill who always echoes me. Carrie. What do I say? You, you echo me. Oh, I say Carrie? Yeah. Oh, Carrie. <laughs> Because the idea is there's someone standing on a high, high hill who always echoes me. Oh, so I echo even though it's my name? Yeah. There's someone standing on a high, high hill who always echoes me. That's the second time. Carrie. Carrie. Where are you? Here. No, you echo me. I'm not not teaching this very well. Where are you? Where are you? She always echoes me. Ah, she always (laughs) echoes me. I, I do prep the kids. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I use listening. a puppet, right? And I, I have the puppet echo. And so what I usually, here, here's how I usually play this game. 
Okay. I have the kids get up from their, their spot on the floor and they go and they crouch. They don't really hide. They just like go somewhere along the wall and they crouch and they think it's a real hoot. It's hilarious. Yeah. Because they think it's... They're hiding. They're hiding. (laughs) And so after they've sung back and forth with me, then they come back to their own spot. Okay. And yeah, this takes a while because you sing every kid. Right. Right? Um, So this is the way I traditionally play this. And I was thinking, you tell me if this is crazy, but I was going to do like some mindful minutes Mm -hmm. activities. Um, We need that social emotional learning and maybe we'll talk about this at a later podcast about Mm -hmm. what exactly, how we're weaving that in. Uh, So we're going to be doing like some mindful minutes and I give them the option of lying down, Mm -hmm. right? So I thought, well, we do a little bit of mindful minutes, kids stay lying down and then they just pop up and sit. There you go. Or stand. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone's laying down and then just one little kid gets to pop up so they're sleeping and you're waking them up yeah kind of like no bears out tonight so wait what's for... the original lyrics of the song there's, there's some... someone standing on a high high so hill there you go. Are always you gonna... I... there's someone lying on a high yeah, high hill sleeping who... on a high high there's hill. someone sleeping on a high high <laughs> hill who always echoes me yeah hey you. I duh like why didn't i think of that yes you have to change the word That's i have to I'm change saying. the word Yes, and we'll see how that goes. I'll I'll report back. Yeah, yeah. I know. I feel like every time I come up with an idea to modify a game, I'm like, this is so lame. But it's the best we've got, right? Well, maybe <laughs> we'll see. I'm not saying your idea is lame. No, no, no. I get let it. me tell you about my idea. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you can tell me it's lame. Um, so apple tree, apple tree is one of my favorite beginning of the year. Isn't games. it everybody's? Well, right, just because it's fun. And I know there's different variations of the game. I play the game for apple tree where we pass an apple. You Pass a COVID apple. Yes, I'm like, we are not passing anything. That's not good. So my, my, well, I kind of have two ideas for one for when we're inside and one for when we're outside. But it's basically going to be an elimination game. I have like a a pointer. Oh, are you going to bonk them on the head? No, No. I'm not even going to bonk them because I can't get that close to bonk them. Oh, that's right. I have a pointer with an apple on the end of it. You could tape a yardstick. With an apple. You could. I thought about this, extending my, my Yeah, you thing. could extend this it. This actually will probably be what I do when we do it outside. Okay. Okay, so let me tell you about my inside version. Okay, okay. So all the students are standing on their dots. <laughs> so exciting in lines. And so we have class dojo at my school. Ooh. So my plan is to pull up their class dojo. And you have the ability in class dojo to take attendance. Uh-huh. So basically I'm going to pull up class dojo and I'm going to tap their little monster on class dojo. Oh. And when a kid is out, I'll like click that they're out. Absent, and then that kid sits down, and we keep going. You they know, could be very dramatic as, as they fall to the ground. Well, yeah, and they, that's what I was thinking. We could add some vocal exploration where they're like an yes, apple falling from the tree. There you go. And then the nice thing about it then is when I'm done with the game, I won't save the attendance. I'll just hit cancel because I don't really want to mark them all absent. And the teacher will be like, what What's happened? going on? <laughs> um, so, anyways, that's how I was going to play it inside. And then after we've done it for the first couple lessons, the up the ante later, I have individual um, apple shakers. So like mm, egg shakers. But yeah. Oh, I'm so envious of your I apple shakers. I love these. And they are plastic. So that is something that, you, you know, once they're getting bored of the game, then the next thing is they get to get an apple shaker. They could pop play. up from the high, high hill and then pop down again <laughs> yeah. from the apples and then get exactly. to play the apple. So mm. then, my, then my outside version of the game, like you said, I did literally think of doing exactly what you said. I have a 
plastic apple that I normally use to play the game, taping it to a yardstick, <laughs> and going outside. And oh, I have foamy apples. Yeah. Oh, that could work, too. That might not hurt as much. Well, that's true. Some, well, I'm actually going to touch them. I'm just going to point okay. to them with it. And I have been told by one of my two principals. Oh, then we have a lice issue. Well, that, exact. Don't touch. Okay. Um, When we're outside, we can be in a circle as long as we're really spread out. We're going to get your steps in, man. I know, right? <laughs> so I'm planning on, like, clock, like standing like a clock and, like, just spinning and making myself dizzy. Oh, when I do B, B, bumblebee like I that, I get so dizzy. So we'll see. Or I might put a kid in charge of it when I can't handle it anymore. But anyways. <laughs> a kid with a really good mask that day. Yeah. So still playing Apple Tree, still playing an elimination-style game, but just changing it up a little bit. Okay. That's my lame idea. Okay, Tanya, how about an intermediate singing game modification okay this is a not a singing game this is a chanting game i guess well, you could say better for yes. the covid times um i was very fortunate a couple of days ago to present for the um, kodai queensland chapter yay yes and oh my goodness they are just lovely people it was at nine in the morning for them five in the evening for me that's fun and uh oh, it was just awesome Deb, Debbie, thank you so much. I just had a ball. Anyway, I mentioned this because this was one of the games that um, we talked about. And it's the double, double, this, this, double, double, that, that, double, this, double, that, double, double, this, that. Right? Yes. And so the idea is that there's um, hand motions. You can really make them up and modify them to however your students are going to be successful with. But there's a different motion for this, this, and a different motion for that. So maybe it's your hands are... If you were playing this game, I guess traditionally, you could be facing someone, Mm -hmm. and on the this, this, you pat your hands together um, with your palms facing each other. Right. Clap with your partner. Clap, yes. Both hands with your partner. And on the that, that, you use the backsides of your hands. Uh But I've also seen where you, like, use fists, right? I mean, you can modify it. I've done it in circles where I have kids tap each other on the sides. When that's too hard, I just have them self-contained you can make up any kind of movement so you want some sort of body percussion-esque right thing so on this i and that. haven't decided because we won't be doing this in a circle and we won't right. be touching each other but i mean it could be something that i ask the kids to give me the motions right i'm trying to do more of this choice right yeah so it could be like we could put our hands in the air and wave them for this this and we could squat down for that that whatever oh that sounds painful <laughs> it'd be good for your thoughts though <laughs> right. right uh anyway so for double double this this double double that that so if you take a compound word like ice cream it would be double double ice ice double double cream cream double ice double cream double double ice cream now this is a challenging thing for the kids to to do at first yeah and so what we usually do is we brainstorm as a class like three to five compound words Mm -hmm. and then when we go around when i play it usually not in COVID times when we go around the circle i just say just pick one of the compound words Mm -hmm. from the board and we might do that for a couple of class periods, and then the next class period they have to come up with their own compound word. But I give them a default, like if you can't think of anything, say ice cream, whatever. Well, I was thinking of combining this with that um, slideshow, the music plus coffee. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about the stand-up sit-down. Yep. I'm just taking that as far as I can. Um, I was thinking of doing a stand-up sit-down with the class before we do double-double, where I preload the compound words. So, for example, 
I would say, stand up if you like ice cream, sit down if you prefer snow cones, right? And then whatever one has the most, I write ice cream on the board. Next one, all right, stand up if you like football, sit down if you prefer basketball. And whichever wins, whoever has the most, we write that compound word, stand up if you like Fortnite, sit down if you prefer Minecraft, right? So we do a little bit of this getting to know each other, but only with compound words, of course. Right. Um, and then we use those words that quote one, that were the most popular as our intro to double, double this, this, double, double that, that. Cute. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we're not interacting like physically. Right. And that's okay. Right. But I'm trying to, you know, put the choice of things on them in a limited way at first. And then we'll, you know, we'll we'll keep building on that like we usually do. Totally. And how about you? What about your older kid game? Well, I am thinking of jump in, jump jump out, out, turn turn yourself up. I said said jump in, jump out, introduce yourself. My name is Carrie. Yeah. And I like coffee. Yeah. And I'm going to keep liking it. Yeah. For the rest of my life. For the rest of her life. Right. So my thought for that is I just want to simply modify it because normally we're standing in a circle and we jump in towards each other and we jump back. And I was thinking about even in our rows facing forward, I didn't love the idea of kids jumping forward (laughs) and jumping back because then they can't see each other and they might jump onto somebody and, you know, too Mm -hmm. close. So I want to encourage them to stay on their dot. So I just changed the words a little bit. So we're going to do reach up, reach down, turn yourself around. I said reach up, reach down, and then introduce yourself. Another workout. Yeah, right? (laughs) Uh, And actually, I had students come in, and we had a little mini orientation um, this last week. um, And did you do it? I did. uh, (gasps) How'd that go? It did fine. It was fine. Um... Yeah, they got really excited because these are kids that knew it as jump in, jump out from last year. And I just I just said, we're just going to change it up a little bit. Here's how it's going to go now. And had the new lyrics on the board, and they, and they did great. And we went around, and each kid did their little solo. And That's a good idea. Yeah, so that was fun. And, you know, I told them again, because normally this is where I would use that cue ball, that microphone oh, ball, yeah. and I toss it to the kid when it's their turn, but can't do that. So mm-hmm. I just, I'm just going to point to you, and I point to you, it's your turn. And they did fine. You could um, bring up your class dojo that's true and, and you can random student yeah, yeah yeah but they just they liked actual t- the talking in the microphone oh, is I the know. part that they really like well so. maybe you could sponge it off in between Ugh, that would be a lot that of would be a lot of work uh no i mean it's not worth it necessarily but um and then you've got the talking into the microphone oh man yeah, spreading the covid on the yeah. mic aerosols yeah. not good so that's my my simple that's my simple covid version of jumping jump you know out. i have a question about that yeah um because I don't know if anybody else has this happen, but I've noticed when I play Jump In, Jump Out that the momentum of this particular chant has some kids who really are jumping far, like as we go, 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 some kids who are really like, I'm going to jump really far into the circle and maybe bonk into somebody and really far. So this might be like a preference. Yeah, and I was noticing that, too, because I had that exact same thought. If you have a big class and you want to get through everybody in one class, they get tired after a while, too. Um, And I noticed at first they were really reaching up and really reaching down. And these were, what grade was it? It was uh, fourth and fifth graders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fourth and fifth graders who I had when we were doing it. And I noticed by the end of the song, their reaching up and reaching down was getting a little bit 
or yeah. lame. And it that's for okay. Me. For the kids who had the wiggles and needed that, they did it. And for the kids who didn't need it, they just kind of stood there. But <laughs> Well, and say it again for us. Uh, reach up, reach down, turn yourself around. I said reach up, reach down, introduce yourself. And your round rhymes with down. That was the point. I, I mean, kind of, sort of. Yeah. yeah, so some, I thought about making it jump up, reach down, but I thought I'm just going to make it reach up, reach down. And some kids did jump. Because they wanted to, and yeah. some kids didn't. But cool. Anyways, they liked it. it was that fun. works. And now it's time for our know better, do better section, where we discuss something that we are changing in our music practice, our teaching practice. Um, something to make sure we are being culturally cultural, culturally responsive yeah. and responsible to all of our students. And yeah. Carrie, you have something? Yeah, well, this song um, came up in a Facebook group. I um, just got to get off Facebook. Yeah, this is the problem. But, I mean, it, it's good because we, we need to keep re-educating ourselves and, and helping each other. So um, the song that came up under question is the song, Do Your Ears Hang Low? Oh, no. Which I'm going to say that um, I actually haven't done this song in particular in my class for a while. The only time that it really comes up is I have this file. It's a smart board file that I got for free, I think, off the Smart Exchange a long time ago. Um, and it's like songs for substitute teachers. Mm-hmm. And it's like you click on this little circle and it brings you to a song. And it's just all like in one file so subs can oh, have right. kids just choose songs. And Junior Ears Hang Low is on that, on that file. I have an adorable book with two adorable puppies yeah um with this song right that i used to use in this particular group the teacher was asking about it and they said that they typically used it for like because the the tempo got faster and it's like silly and funny to Mm -hmm. the kids right um so this one's a a double whammy as far as inappropriateness um because there's kind of two issues going on um one is the fact that the the melody is actually the same melody as turkey in the straw Mm -hmm. which has some racist history behind it Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of ambiguous with this song with the brief amount of research that i did um what came first the lyrics or the fiddle tune right you know and there's a lot of songs that it's like this where well it could have existed on its own as a melody and then someone wrote lyrics that maybe were or maybe were not racist but in many versions um the n-word is used and there are very racist lyrics that go with this song um and it's kind of one of those things where it doesn't really matter what came first when they're so inextricably tied to one another. Yes. Right? Yeah. So you've got that issue Mm -hmm. of the tune being of Turkey in the Straw, but then you've got this other issue of inappropriateness because... There are if you if you Google this, the first thing that's going to come up is Wikipedia, and I know we can we can talk to our students and we can talk to our colleagues about how academic of a source Wikipedia is. But let's be honest, it's where we all look first. Mm-hmm. It's it, it just is. and it leads you elsewhere too. Exactly, so. and it's not all that bad. But my point being that on Wikipedia, it talks about the history and talks about how there are some obscene lyrics to this song. Mm-hmm. So, for example, do your balls hang low, and do your boobs hang low? And if, if it's somewhat shocking to hear me say it right now on this podcast, imagine how it will be for your kids. I was just going to go answer the question, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, think about your students. 
you know, oh, I really like this song for music class. Yes. I want to go look it up. So they just Google it. And this is the first thing they see. Herein so, lies the double whammy. Exactly. Yes. So my point being this, that, you know, there, there's a lot of times where I really have to pause and say, okay, do I need to remove this song from my repertoire? Why or why not? And so often for me, the litmus test is, what will my students see when they Google this? Mm-hmm. If it's going to take a lot of digging to get to something that may or may not be true and it's kind of muddled well then I'm gonna stop and I'm gonna really pause but something like this where it's so easy to just google and see that there are these very inappropriate obscene versions Mm -hmm. of this song not to mention the racist history behind it it's like why why would I fight to keep that song and I understand there's this issue of people who really you know you've been teaching the same music for the long time and you feel attached to it but Think about your students. Put yourself in your students' shoes, and if you were to Google this song and see that it's racist, see that it's obscene, how would that make you feel to think, well, just today we were singing this song, and it was so fun and so joyous, and now I'm feeling icky about it for a variety of reasons. So it always comes back to, okay, what was I using the song for, and what could I easily replace it with? Right. And in particular, this song to me is just a silly song. Yeah. think about all the other silly songs you could use. For me, Down by the Bay came to mind mm-hmm. that you can have kids make up their own silly lyrics well to if, it's, if it's up to faster and slower you can do anything and that was that. what i was gonna say yeah if it's fast and slow you can do that with so many songs yes. silly or not i mean recorded music or i mean like instrumental music you know you can just do so much right. so you know don't say I'm going to keep doing this song just because I like it that's just not a good reason well, to and say it. you really need to think about what you're doing when you teach a song you are keeping that song alive you are passing it down to another generation yep and yes there might be joy associated with them learning this song and doing whatever activity but what happens later on what when they're whatever age you know even if it's many years later and they find out like the true history of this song how do you feel about perpetuating a song that was meant to ridicule and mock people, for exactly. example. Like, do you feel good about passing that on and, and making that legacy continue? Like, that that's really what I keep coming back to. It's like, do, do I want to perpetuate? There's a lot of great music in the world that I want to make sure lives on. Mm-hmm. Minstrel songs are not. Yeah not part of it right minstrel songs so, yeah. <laughs> so my my takeaway is this google it if if your students are going to see very quickly that this song has some issues reconsider that's all thank you So now it's time for our CODA section where we're going to recommend something that we enjoy or have been thinking about or I don't know. I'm I'm setting Tanya up for something. I don't know what she's going to say. Oh, well, you know what? It's funny because now I'm going to say two things. Oh, well, please. Okay. Um, So we could say, we could change this to the things that are making us feel better. Oh, (laughs) self-soothing CODAs? It could be. It could be, you know. I'm not going to talk about school-related stuff because 
sometimes we need a break. Yeah. Especially right this minute. Right now. Um, yeah. So first I'm going to mention something I've mentioned before, which is the app Headspace. I've been using Headspace. Yay. Not for myself, but in my classroom. I did some mindful minutes with my students. Oh, nice. I'm finally listening to you, Tanya. Oh, wow. They liked it, too. Yeah. And you know what? The animations are awesome. They're, they're short. They're awesome. Okay. They're really, yeah, you should go find the animations on YouTube. Um, and it's free for teachers. It's free for teachers. Yeah. Specifically with Headspace, I really like that you can, like, dive into, like, a series where you're like, I think I'm having some anxiety. I'm going to do this, like, 30-day anxiety pack, they call yeah. them, right? Um, but also, they have these very short, um, like, you know, three to five to ten, you can choose the time, kind of like... Um, on the go type of meditations. Right. There are some people who say that after you've been do, doing meditation with an app, that you, you really need to go and just do it on your own. But you know what? Whatever works for you. Exactly. Right. So if I know that seeing a streak of me doing a series within the anxiety pack, for example, is going to make me motivated to do the meditation, then I'm going to do it. Totally. All right, so that's one thing that I am still enjoying and really recommend. It's free for teachers. There are other um, meditation apps that are free for teachers. Calm is another one. Uh-huh. Um, and 10% Happier has recently extended their free-to-teachers membership. Oh, cool. So you've got all these choices if it's yeah. something that you want to check out. All right, but um, another thing I just wanted to mention, which is more of an idea that I've just been doing in the past like month, month and a half, um, a friend of mine uh, who is a teacher in Texas, he was telling me about this album club he does, and, and he invited me to join this album club. So it's like a book club. Nice. But um, it, we meet every other week on Zoom, and so there's like, I think there's a couple of, of uh, people from Chicago because uh, I met Mark when we were both living in Chicago once upon a time. Um, and Texas, I think I'm the only one from Colorado, but it doesn't matter because it's Zoom. Yeah. And the idea is someone picks an album, and then in two weeks we've all listened to the album a few times, and we just kind of talk about it and talk through, like, oh, here's what I liked, this track was great. And I have listened to some albums that I was not familiar with at all because of this album club, and, and that's kind of like, you know, this is, this is my thing. I, I would love to talk about music albums and all that just like a book club fun so yeah so i'm enjoying that and i'm very excited because this next tuesday it's an album that i picked I, i've finally been in long enough and you're picking the oh fiona i picked apple. the fiona album <laughs> fiona apple album um fetch the bolt cutters yeah which i'm singing constantly yeah Okay, so that was a lot from me. What about you, Carrie? Well, speaking of music. Speaking of music. <laughs> what's music? My family gave me this game for my birthday. It's called Game That Song, and I think they just <gasps> randomly saw it on Amazon. Oh. And it's super, super fun. Oh, my. We can we play? It. Yeah, we need to play it. So the idea is it's like an apples to apples kind of game. Ooh. So whoever is the judge um, chooses what the, the category is. So I'm just pulling one out of the box right now okay um a song to play that mentions moms or mothers so then all the other people get out their devices you each have to have your own device because no wait a minute faster you get to google it no no 
you get to pick something like off Spotify or YouTube, oh. you actually play the song. So okay. no, the point is you shouldn't know off the top of okay. your head a song. Now I will say when I you should have the, to sing it. Well, that would be fun too. But it's it's actually fun to play the real recorded versions, whatever it would be, right? Uh-huh. Like so, you know, when I'm playing with with this with my kids, they they each have Spotify on their own devices, and so they will just sometimes like write in the word mom. But most of the time, they can think of something. Okay, I've got two. What do you got? Um, I'm thinking for this one, um, Bohemian Rhapsody. I thought of that one as well. And um, Mama Who Bore Me from Spring Awakening. Oh, good one. See, but then part of the fun, just like Apples to Apples or Cards Against Humanity, is you kind of also have to play towards the person who's the judge because you're trying to convince them, right? That, that you're one so, like, the best. So, you, like, if you would know me and know how much I love Spring Awakening, mm-hmm. you might want to choose that one. You know? Right. Or when it's my daughter's turn, if we can find anything from a Disney princess movie, she's more likely to choose it. Right. So it's really, really fun, and we've played this mostly with my kids, but I was just telling Tanya that her and her husband have to come over because oh, yeah. I need to play this with adults who actually know music better than my children do. But, but we've got this generation gap that might, like, I... But that's what makes it fun, too. So I'm thinking of a song off of a police album yeah. called Synchronicity. The The album's called Synchronicity. And it's an Andy Summers um, collabor- or like um, contribution uh, towards the album. And it's a song called Mother. And it's it's horrible. It's like the worst song Oh my! Uh, that I always skip. If I listen to that album. But see, that's what I'm thinking, that it's fun, because then you teach me about music, maybe I would know, and vice versa, if that's even possible, I don't think, because you know everything. No. But uh, <laughs> you have a wider musical vocabulary than I do. Let's, that's just the truth. Because I've been alive a little but longer. That's what, but that's what's fun about it. So anyways, it's called Game That Song. Oh, we'll link we have to, to it get in our show game. notes. And um, I think they got it off Amazon. And it's just a little card game, so you can take it on the go. It'd be a fun game in the car. Except the person who's driving shouldn't be on their phone. But okay. anyways, yes. it's super fun. Yay! We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. In our next episode, we'll continue our discussions on socially distanced music making and just give some updates on how things are going Mm. and what we're planning on doing next. Mm -hmm. So until next time, this is Carrie. (laughs) And this is Tanya wishing you happy musicking. Tanya, we're going to play Game That Song. I am not ready. All right, I'm just going to pull out a card. Ready? This is when my mind will go blank. A song to play that mentions food. Oh, so many. I'm thinking of meatloaf songs, but that's not (laughs) Not an artist who mentions food. food. Okay, the first thing that popped in my head. Peanut, peanut butter, and jelly. Is that it? Um, no, I was thinking of this horrible song called It's Raining Tacos that my oh, son likes to oof. listen to all the time. Oh, no. It's so dumb, but it's kind of funny. Um, uh, there's that uh, She Don't Use Jelly, that the Flaming Lips song. And then there's Millions of Peaches, Peaches for Free. Was that the Presidents of the United States? Millions of Peaches. Oh, man. See, this is why you're better than for me. me. Uh, yeah, it sounds vaguely familiar. Oh, and then there's the spam, 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 <laughs> spam, 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 right? Spam, wonderful spam. <laughs> <laughs>